0: welcome to sustainability explored podcast this is a space where we delve into and discuss different aspects of sustainability with thought leaders industry experts entrepreneurs and overall disruptive minds who are driving the change for a better future this is a kickoff of season 9 with your new host aya ulan we start the season with an outstanding project that aims to make a difference in one of the problematic industries today fashion industry is the second largest polluter in the world just after the petroleum sector. It is accountable for water pollution, greenhouse gas emissions, and landfills. Needless to say that these are only a few major environmental issues. We should always remember the industry is also responsible for the environmental injustice in low- and middle-income countries. I am delighted to be joined by two passionate individuals striving to help startups and organizations to achieve sustainable development goals and have a positive impact. Justina Vizikevicute and Roman Lobas. Both Justina and Roman represent Vilnius based advisory and startup accelerator Catalyst Ventures, that is also part of a European project Fashion for Change. Justina and Roman, welcome to Sustainability Explorer. Um, so, to start, let's uh, have a brief introduction. Justina and Roman, five uh, lines about you to introduce to the listeners.
1: Hello, Aya. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for hosting, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this. It's also a pleasure to have amazing listeners who are passionate about sustainability as much as us, and to communicate some ideas to them that might be new or that might uh, challenge them a bit, but also might help them on their sustainability journey. So we are super happy to be here. Uh, my name is Roman. I'm currently working at Catalyst Ventures, as you mentioned. But uh, before that, I worked i had a regular job in finance which uh, which was quite nice quite interesting and it was my dream all my childhood i wanted to work in finance to become rich become a millionaire you know uh, one day fly all around the world on a private uh, private jet but then after after some time i realized okay maybe that's not what what it's all about maybe it's all about making an impact and uh, how can i make a positive impact so uh, I- A few years later, I started working at Catalyst Ventures and actually helping organizations and companies and startups to change and to become sustainable. And uh, I can say for sure that almost every day I wake up and I'm happy to do my job. So uh, I'm also happy to share this experience with you a little bit and maybe help in some way to tell you a little bit more about what we do and how, how you can engage with us and how we can all work together to make the planet better.
2: Hi, hi, Aya, and thanks for for having us today with you. It's it's a true pleasure, uh, to to be honest with you. I'm a big fan of Sustainability Explored podcast, so it's a really interesting experience to be not as a listener but as a guest speaker. And uh, I always get a bit puzzled when I receive this question of uh, who I am and what I am doing in my in my work because I think. Uh, job titles and statuses are a bit overrated in our society and probably we should ask question uh, why we end we uh, end up in the places that we are today and uh, my story is that um, i grew up in a very small town in lithuania and uh, experienced that abundance of of nature and uh, developed this appreciation to ecosystems and being that third child in the family, I always inherited toys and clothes from my sisters, which I hated at that time. But now when I look back at this process, it really helped me to realize that um, abundance shouldn't be taken for granted. And uh, well, these experiences led me to, to study cultural ethnology, because I was always interested in human interactions and you know the irrational decisions be- behind the actions that we take. And after the studies, I-, I worked in Cambodia and Iceland on educational projects. And as you can imagine, Cambodia and Iceland are very contrast countries. So on one hand, in Iceland, you feel that abundance of uh, nature and pristinity, natural resources. And in Cambodia, you have this... Um, chaos, Um, you you feel that um, uh, polluted air and people live in in totally different reality, meaning that uh, they don't think about sustainability that much simply because they need to fulfill their basic needs. And these experiences led me to uh, my master studies in sustainable development that I did in Sweden and here i am today working at catalista ventures as a sustainability consultant and i consult various businesses on their sustainability journey trying to make this process more tangible and more understandable for for the companies and help them to understand not only how to reduce the negative impact of their operations but also what's the potential there to increase the positive impact on people, planet, and profit.
0: Thank you very much, Roman and Justina. It's very interesting. So you do have uh, different points of view um, from different cultures as well on the current situation, and uh, you can you actually lived uh, from uh, different uh, perspectives this, these issues. So that definitely helps you as well to um, treat the sustainability barriers, the, the, the issues that we are. In the process of, of resolving with a more multifaceted uh, approach so for you as the, the experts in sustainable business and innovation what are your main challenges for sustainable development today
2: I guess this is uh, you know the question that we, we could probably discuss for the whole episode and we will still not cover all the challenges but uh, uh, The the traditional way of thinking about sustainability is probably that environmental and social impacts. So on environmental side, we have these challenges that are related with the carbon, water, waste footprint, and basically everything that, um, all actions that um, affect the environment. And on the social side, we have these more complex, less tangible challenges of social inequality, human rights. And um, this is the traditional way of uh, looking at sustainability. But uh, to be honest with you, um, I think this is the result of the challenge that we have all as a society. And that challenge uh, challenge is uh, in a way values crisis that we face. And to give you an example, most of the business clients that come to us, uh, they give this um, question of how they could align with the regulations. And uh, I don't see regulations as the goal for sustainability. Regulations should be the mean that will help you to go through that transition and and process. And I think the main challenge here for us as um, business owners or us as consumers is to ask what is the intention behind every action i make what is the intention of my business what is the intention with every product or service that i produce and i do understand that this might sound um, a bit fluid and uh, less tangible but i feel that this is the question that we really need to answer ourselves behind each decision that, that we make. And for me, it seems as the main challenge that we face nowadays. But uh, maybe, maybe Roman, uh, probably you, you have also some, some insights as working with the companies and innovations.
1: I completely agree, Justina, that values is a very important part because as we see the companies who start with values and start solving the problems in a very conscious way, not just about making money, but actually resolving a particular problem for the society, they are not only more successful, but uh, they are much less damaging to the environment and they are actually creating positive change. So I completely agree with that. And um, unfortunately, I think the bottom line is, and not the triple bottom line, but the bottom line of the question is that, okay, our society right now does not function in a way that would allow us to reach our SDGs. That would not allow us to reach the sustainable development goals. Why? Because the incentives we have and the values that many of us are driven by are not really aligned with what they need to be. So, uh, for example, the consumerism right now, why do we have to buy 10 pairs of jeans per year and throw them away after a couple of uses? Why do we care about that? So, uh, I mean, with everything that's happening and with all the social problems we have, more environmental problems are connected and there is this vicious cycle that okay the population is growing the planet is heating up which is creating more problems for the population so the population becomes more unhappy they want to spend more money to satisfy that and essentially there is this cycle that is just getting worse and worse so uh so yeah the problems are really are very real and uh and you know as justina said we can talk about these problems forever and uh i think let's let's maybe focus on how we can start solving them because uh what's also really good is that we are on our way to solve those problems and uh, there is this beautiful book factfulness by hans Rosling, where he actually addresses how things are not as bad as they used to be in some in some ways and uh, maybe we are moving in the right direction so let's not be so pessimistic but uh but also, let's not forget that the problems are real and uh, they need to be solved as soon as possible.
0: Oh, that's great that you mentioned this book because uh, when it came out, I also had a chance to read it and it blew my mind, um, the fact that we are so used to imagine things to be uh, in a very bad conditions so that everything is uh, basically going to to its end and uh, it's there is no... Um, optimism in, in, in the world left. But in fact, once we try to reach those numbers that apparently are also um, widely and openly available to, to anyone to check on, we realize actually there is hope. There is a, a lot of, uh, just a lot of work to do and uh, not enough uh, hands <laughs> to, to get on it. So yes, I totally agree with you. It's, uh, there's a lot of challenges and sustainability and especially in the industry such fashion which is one of the most polluting industries, not only in, in Europe, but in the whole world. It affects different cultures, different territories. And uh, I think uh, it's a good time to talk about some solutions because uh, as uh, based on your background, Roman and Justina, based on your experience, I'm sure apart from uh, pain, pain points, you also um, have uh, concluded some uh, solutions to those uh, issues. So from your point of view, what would be the the ideal solution for those situations, especially in fashion industry?
1: Uh, Just to come back a little bit to the Hans Rosling book and uh, why why we really think that the problems are worse than they seem, than they are actually, they seem worse, is because of the incentives and the values that uh, news companies have, because uh, all they care about is the clicks and the views. And they would use any sort of means to get those clicks and views, which would be exaggerating the negative impact, which would get more people to read it, and and that's that's the main problem. So we really came back to the same where we started that the society really is functioning in a very interesting way that maybe it wasn't intended to be, but uh, but yeah, let's let's not focus on the problems again, let's focus on solutions. Thank you, Aya, for a great question. Fortunately, there are many solutions and. Uh, and we can explore them together and that's that's the beautiful part so uh, we have a widely i mean worldwide recognized framework for addressing the challenges which is the SDGs And one of the SDGs is actually the sustainable partnerships, which, in our opinion, at Catalyst Ventures, because we try to call ourselves as catalyzers and connectors, uh, is one of the most important SDGs. Because uh, if you have sustainable partnerships throughout the ecosystem, and if you have all the stakeholders working together to create the sustainable value chain, to educate the consumers, to make sure that everything is working like a Swiss watch, then we actually stand a chance. And we can resolve not just one of the SDGs or five of them or or seven, but all of them. So uh, that's what we really believe in, that partnerships is the way. And uh, obviously, those partnerships, they need to kind of coherently synergize and work together and create the innovation that that helps the planet. But also, they can just be ethical companies that uh, work together to create the sustainable value chain that is transparent, that is fair, that is uh, not polluting the environment. So... That, that's, that's what we think, that uh, partnerships across the ecosystem and all the companies working together would be the solution that we should strive towards. And not only would it solve the environmental problems and social problems, but also it would solve uh, many of the financial problems that companies are having. And very often, these partnerships lead to more profitability, which many companies do not recognize. You know, they, they think of sustainability as a, another expense. They think, OK, do we want to be sustainable? How much will it cost? But they don't think how much can we gain from it so so that's that's the thing we want to change that they start realizing that this triple top line that we at catalyst Ventures preach that people planet and profit they need to be accounted together and they they can actually grow together
2: and if, if i could add on that uh, uh, as you probably know this uh, famous um, a statement uh, uh, given by poet John Donne almost 400 years ago, no man is an island. I guess uh, with the same notion, we should also think about businesses today. So no business is an island, really. We are really over, over and interconnected and there are so many stakeholders involved, be it a fashion industry or another type of industry, and what Roman mentioned is, um, I believe, truly the, one of the solutions for sustainability trans- transitions to unlock these partnerships, to be more transparent and less protective, maybe. Because what happens in the business world, of course, each business wants to be profitable, but at the same time, we tend not to share some of the ideas, which could actually result in even greater projects or innovations. So coming back even to that um, perception thing, right? It's, it's all about how, how you treat uh, the partnership and collaboration, whether you see it as a threat to your business or as an opportunity. And I believe that uh, in today's world, it should be definitely seen as, as the opportunity.
0: That's great. What you're saying, Roman and Justina, the key aspects basically is the, first of all, is the change of a mindset. Because as you mentioned, most of the enterprises, most of organizations uh, tend to see partnerships or alignment to sustainability, something that actually brings more of uh, losses, uh, certainly economic losses. And they do not, they oversee the benefits, uh, might, not be direct benefit, might, might not be short-term benefits, but rather long-term. And this is, of course, as Roman mentioned, the interesting nature, interesting human nature of, uh, of seeing first, uh, with bigger eyes, uh, the dangers rather than opportunities, unfortunately. So I believe first, first thing first is the mindset change.
1: And, you know, with this uh, solutions you mentioned, is there any advice we can give that will work? The silver bullet, so to speak. Unfortunately, there is no silver bullet. And with every particular problem, the solutions could be different. And one of of the issues right now is that uh, many companies preach that they have found it. So, uh, for example, our human mind, how interesting it is. We are very simple people. We are very simple creatures. We think in very, very regular ways. So for example, there is a problem, a plastic bag, and hey, let's solve it. Let's remove the plastic bag and put a paper bag. We don't understand really how it solves the problem, but somebody tells us, and very often it's some expert, let's say from an Ivy League school or from UN or from somewhere tells us, okay, this will help. And we say, this is great. I'm happy to pay a little bit more for it. Or uh, in the fashion industry, as an example, let's say there is this, uh, uh, many companies now create this conscious or sustainable products, but there is no really legal definitions for those and they essentially raise the prices. Well, they, they make some changes in the supply chain and make it a little bit more sustainable, but what they create is this incentives for people to actually buy this clothes and feel very good about themselves so now instead of buying why one t-shirt i pay a little bit more and buy five t-shirts and i say hey i'm saving the planet listen i'm doing a great job because it says conscious here that's me so you know let's continue doing this and that's much much worse than if they would buy one t-shirt in the first place so maybe maybe we kind of have to rethink the whole the whole system here but also uh, in the fashion industry how how can we make make changes so as as we mentioned it needs to start at every level so we need to make sure that the supply chains are fair and good and sustainable and there is so many so many interesting solutions right now to to make that to make that the case there is fabrics that are produced artificially that do not require this uh, cotton or that don't require the the synthetic uh, parts that are very toxic and these uh, these fibers and these uh, materials can be used sustainably to produce durable cloth then there is a system uh, we recently found online which helps dye the cloth without any use of water so i mean isn't it fascinating that you can actually eliminate the water use in this process then of course there is many other ways to create the clothes in a more sustainable way you can make sure and Uh, make sure that it's all transparent and the people are paid fairly and work in very good conditions. You can make sure that uh, everything is working efficiently and you don't overspend. You don't have too many partners across the world shipping all this stuff. And while eliminating all these things, you actually create less expenses for yourself. Because, yes, you might need to pay a little bit higher wages. But on the other hand, you don't have to use the water. You don't have to grow cotton anymore. You don't have to wait for a long time. You don't have to ship it all across the world 10 times. So so the, all these problems that we have in sustainability, they are really problems in your business operations. They are inefficiencies that you can actually solve and you can make yourself more profitable while making the planet better. So sometimes I'm a bit fascinated how very, very strong brands still do not do this. And uh, we hope that through through projects like this, like the passion for change that we are working on, we can actually change their minds and maybe sometimes even open their eyes to the opportunities that lie here. Because uh, improving the longevity of the clothes while reducing the, let's say, the expenses you have, while perhaps even charging more for them if that's your competitive advantage and if you see that people are willing to pay more. That would be completely in the interest, in the best interest of the companies and yet they do not utilize it so that's that's maybe the way to go to make the systemic change and maybe projects like this we hope will be one of the qualifying things that helps because when you have the support of the eu when you have multiple partners when you have multiple stakeholders working together maybe the whole industry can change
2: yeah totally right and uh even thinking about the the concept of circularity, it can be seen, you know, in in two ways. It can be seen as a very technical fix. So we create products that last longer, that can be recycled, reused. We prolong the lifespan of of a product, or it can be also uh, seen as a social process that we actually acknowledge the interconnectedness of these different parts of the value chain and that we care for these different parts and uh, that we understand that silo solutions in one segment will not will not change the, the broader picture
0: And
1: that's partly the reason why we actually really believe in what we do because these big companies that often are our clients uh, they are very difficult to change from the inside Because there is so much bureaucracy, there is so many layers to go through, one solution needs to be approved by 10 boards. But then what if they collaborate with startups that are the opposite of that, that can make change in a matter of days, and that can actually adapt and that are so agile and and very fast. So what if we combine those? And it's happening already. I mean, many of these fashion brands are working with startups in one way or another. But uh, very often, they don't focus on the problems they really need to solve. So what we would suggest is to actually create the sustainable partnerships between corporates and startups that would solve the challenges of sustainability, but in the way of triple top line, which we preach, which would be good for the planet, good for the people and good for the profits of the company. And uh, and that's, that's really that's really one of the solutions we truly believe in and think that every other solution can be reached through this way so this is more of even a framework of how to how to resolve the other SDGs. so uh, so that's that's the really curious part and also very inspiring part because we have so many examples of how some of these startups reach the corporations that are massive and then this change is enabled because okay it doesn't happen doesn't have to happen internally You outsource the hard part to to another organization that's happy to do it for you, and then everybody is satisfied. So one of the examples we have is in the telecommunications industry, and uh, one of the startups we support called DataHood, we were working on this Rocket Impact Accelerator, uh, and uh, it was sponsored by Swedbank and many other corporate partners. And then uh, we would involve all these a bit later stage startups from all over the world, from Sweden, from Lithuania, from Australia, from Switzerland, that would solve the sustainability challenges for large corporations. And one of them was uh, Datahood, which, to be honest, was the most early stage startup in that batch. And uh, we really loved their energy, but it wasn't really a bet that okay they will make it, because there was a pilot project to be made. But they were super early stage, so it was more of a like a wild wild shot, a wild bet, yet they managed to surprise everybody and they're actually crushing it right now. They are doing so well and they are continuing working with the telecommunications company, one of the largest in the Baltics and uh, one of the largest companies actually in Europe, to actually resolve how we plan our cities. So not really a way for telecommunication company to work, not part of their portfolio, but a way to diversify their business and actually make meaningful change because they will they will create better, more sustainable cities, which will have less inequality, which will have more opportunities. And in a way where the city is happier, you can actually start to make it more sustainable. And we just think it's beautiful that such partnerships can happen. And uh, I'm beyond excited to be working now in the fashion industry with Justyna and other colleagues on this Fashion for Change project where we can implement the same, the same things, the same partnerships just in the fashion industry.
2: And I guess what is really fascinating about the fashion industry is the size of it. It's uh, for me, it's a bit similar to food industry. So we all wear clothes and we all need clothes no matter of our location, social status, um, economic situation. So imagine if, if all the brands worldwide Now it might sound a bit utopian, but let's hope one day it will be reality. So if all brands worldwide will transition to these sustainable practices and sustainable business models, the impact will be huge. The impact will be all over the globe. And the irony here is that uh, the industrial revolution actually started with textile. Well, textile industry was one of the first industries that use the industrial revolution and it's still it takes so much time to to change uh, how companies work and uh, roman already mentioned a couple great examples and i also i hold high hope actually on on uh, on the bigger brands even and uh, there are a lot of innovation happening be it digital clothes passport 3D printing uh, and 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 so on and so forth. I just think it's it's the matter of time and uh, because big companies are like huge machines, it takes time for them to to change all the operations. So I guess now we see more like isolated silo solutions, and the breakthrough will happen when when all these solutions will connect to one another.
1: Definitely, Ustina, and uh, one of the one of the best parts about this project, it's a good representation of how we operate as Catalyst Ventures and we don't just preach about the transformation through partnerships. We don't just say that's the way to reach your growth goals. We actually make sure that you do that. So we are very results oriented and this project as well. Yes, education is a big part of it. Investment is a big part of it, mentorship, any sort of help that we can provide from our our side, But one of the best things that uh, this program allows is this B2B connections between the SMEs, startups, and designers, and the corporates that actually can implement your solutions, serve as your first anchor customers, or serve as your potential business partners, serve as your investors, because many of the corporates often invest into startups and acquire them. So this is the way that we think is the best to, to actually make a change and make positive impact.
0: That is really motivating and inspiring what you are saying. And I noticed you started to talk about the Fashion for Change project. And I'm really curious and I'm sure it will be a, a great uh, uh, discovery for the listeners because this project started, well, a few months ago at the beginning of 2021. The year passes very fast, actually. <laughs> and and, and uh, I imagine that uh, for you as well, it's it's been uh, quite... Uh, hectic year filled with uh, discoveries, because I I understand that Fashion for Change is a three-year program. And uh, the first uh, year, uh, this year that is about to finish, you have dedicated to actually uh, identifying and mapping um, sustainable fashion entities across Europe. Could you please explain a little bit more what is the, the aim of this project?
2: Uh, You are totally right, Aya, with uh, all that we do, uh, working on Fashion for Change um, program. And as as the title entails, our vision is quite bold. We want to change fashion for the better. And this project is uh, funded by Cosma program, which uh, helps small and medium-sized enterprises to access and unlock finance in all of their life cycle, be it creation of the business or or development of the business. And uh, before I get maybe into the, the overall aim of the project, I really wanted to acknowledge other partners that are part of this project. So it's not only Catalyst Ventures behind the Fashion for Change, but we also have other exciting partners as... Uh, Sivita Estonia, one of the leading consultancies in Europe. We have um, ecopreneur.eu which is European Sustainable Business Federation. We also uh, partner with Estonian Academy of Arts and uh, they have lots of hands-on and technical experience when it comes to circularity and sustainable design. And finally, we also have Singleton who takes care of the visual representation of the project. So this is our team that works uh, behind behind this project. And uh, I would say the main aim of uh, Fashion for Change is to enable um, the partnerships uh, that Roman was telling uh, us about. So meaning that we believe in matching uh, designers, uh, small, medium enterprises, and startups with bigger corporates. And we see uh, it as a valuable process because uh, usually smaller startups and and SMEs, they have better speed, they have this uh, attitude of uh, innovation, and we want them to be matched with corporates and uh, pilot and uh, solve potential sustainability challenges. So this, uh, this project is three years long. And uh, as you mentioned, the first year is really about the exploration and trying to understand the fashion ecosystem in Europe. And uh, I would encourage listeners to visit the website of the project, which is fashionforchange.eu and... Uh, Quite soon, you will, you will be all able to access that uh, mapping that we did with our partners. But probably the most exciting part of the project is uh, the next year, because uh, next year we will announce the open call for all startups, SMEs and designers who work in the fashion industry. And we invite them to participate in uh, today's hackathon during which 25 teams will be selected and uh, they will not only get uh, financial support of uh, 10,000 euros per team, but they will also be invited to participate in the growth program, uh, which will last for the six months. And that is an intensive learning program where they will be able to, to work with corporates, with other designers, with other SMEs, test their solutions, uh, to get access to experts and mentors across uh, Europe who are already working in the fashion industry. So I think this is uh, this is really exciting opportunity, and uh, we really want to reach the target audience. So that's why, actually, we are, we are also talking with you with you here today, Uh, Because the more people we will reach, the better and greater impact we we can expect, right?
0: It is a very ambitious uh, project and uh, it is really promising. I totally agree that uh, what you just mentioned here, this hackathon is something definitely to look after for those uh, little small startups that are just about to uh, bring their idea to the world. Um, Definitely should uh, check out the website. It will be linked um, in the description of the podcast. Feel free, listeners, to to contact uh, Justina and Roman for more details. So I, I believe that the the project uh, Fashion for Change is an ideal project for re- to represent partnerships, as as you as you mentioned. And it's uh, basically here. I would like to ask you a question: What would be for you an ideal example of of this uh, project that can Revolutionize fashion from your point of view?
1: Maybe I could start and then Justina can comment and add, add something as well. So, uh, you're absolutely right, Aya, that this project is the ideal example because even in the project, we are working with multiple partners who are actually each doing their own part that they are best at. So, we are sure that we are not experts in everything, and the things we know we can really help with but other things perhaps we need also some help to actually implement this massive uh, projects like like fashion for change so uh, from the very beginning the project started with the idea that partnerships matter and uh, what would be the ideal outcome of the project obviously that 25 startups get matched to 25 corporates that uh, all work together and create a beautiful world but uh, maybe to give one example let's say there is a uh, there is a startup working with uh, materials that are actually sustainable and do not produce much uh, greenhouse gases or uh, do not pollute the oceans and are sustainable overall. And let's say there is a designer who can make this into a durable product that would be of highest quality and value to the customer. Let's connect them and make them a team. And then let's say there is a company who would like to produce clothes that would be the best and highest quality, and would like to sell them. So let's connect both of them, like this team that we just created during the hackathon. And let's take this uh, corporation, maybe even a fast fashion brand, let's say, okay, how about we all work together and create this? And can we make it into an offer that the market will respond to? So we can try this during acceleration program where the EU actually sponsors the startup. And this way, during the acceleration program, the pilot project happens. So the sixth month is given to the startup to find the synergies with the corporate and for this team to work together and create something meaningful that can be tested and can be understood whether it will work or not. And obviously, after this happens, after the sixth month, we, we can see what happens. Is it actually viable? Can it work? And very often it is, and very often it does. And this opens so many possibilities for this already kind of couple, as, as we can call them, to continue their cooperation and actually change the whole supply chain because maybe another startup then joins in and says, hey, you make amazing products that can be used for a long time, But how about we actually make sure that they are not just thrown away, that they are either recycled in a proper way where not just 1% of the the materials is recycled, but most of it is recycled. Maybe there is a new way found or we resell them or we make sure it's given to charity, but in a way that actually works. So maybe we take care of the, the part of the product that is after it is used. Maybe we think, okay, what else can be changed in the supply chain? Maybe the process of coloring the fabrics, maybe the process of transporting it, maybe the process of actually selling it can be different. And maybe we don't need to sell so much if we sell a quality clothes that actually lasts longer. So, all these sort of par- partnerships that we are thinking of can happen. And what we hope is that they happen all together during the hackathon, during the accelerator. Maybe we see that some of these companies can work as a group maybe a couple of startups can be matched and we can create a supply chain that actually works well so so that's the that's the ideal scenario i think for us to to actually make positive impact all around the supply chain
2: and maybe just to add on that um i i believe that uh, and we have many uh, proofs for that claim at the fashion industry and the whole ecosystem of fashion industry is quite uneven. So meaning that we have sustainable brands, we have fashion brands, we have small creators, we have designers. And and as a rule for smaller creators, designers and startups is quite difficult to enter the market, which is dominated by, by bigger brands. On the other hand, bigger brands are scrutinized and criticized for their unsustainable actions. So I guess the magic and power happens when we combine them and and we give that opportunity to grow and develop for for the startups and SMEs and designers. And on the other hand, we give a chance for bigger fashion brands to test the sustainable solutions and see if they can be viable for their business models.
0: So all in all, there is no ideal model, but all um, approaches are equally valuable in addressing all these uh, fashion industry challenges. So as more of a, um, ideas, as more of startups that will participate in uh, in this program, Fashion for Change, it is all for the better.
2: I, I have high hopes on uh, this project because... Uh... To put it simply lots of creative people work in fashion industry and I think creativity is really the birthplace for sustainability because we are dealing with so much unpredictability and we need to abandon these conventional ways of of thinking so that's why it's it's truly exciting to to work in this industry and uh, and with this project
0: so We are coming to the end of the recording, to the end of this episode, unfortunately. Although, as you mentioned from the beginning, we could continue talking about sustainability for hours and hours. To keep with the tradition of sustainability explored, please, dear Justina and Roman, share the advice for the listeners, whether a quote, whether a book, a film or event, whatever you feel like sharing today.
1: Uh, Maybe I could start. So I recently read a book that was recommended by one of the business school professors I have, which actually teaches sustainability. And it's the story of Patagonia, the most famous use case and most famous case study of a sustainable company, probably not just in fashion industry, but all over the industries. And the book is called Let My People Go Surfing. It's by the Patagonia founder and owner and it's actually a guide on how to lead a sustainable business how to manage it and how to create a company that is superior to others and the book truly resonated with me because it it goes so much in depth to explain how you actually make an impact and how you can develop a company that's superior by actually doing everything that's right so creating a great product that is the best It is uh, working throughout the supply chain of yours to make sure that everything is in check and everything is good and investing money into it because uh, many companies would just go and opt in for the cheapest option while Patagonia actually invests money into making sure that proper salaries are paid and people are working there who are professionals, that proper materials are used and actually they are sustainable and making sure that their impact overall on this, people, planet, and profit is positive. Um, not even mentioning investing 1% of the revenues and doing many other cool things. Like one of the stories that he tells about is that Patagonia actually has a, a law or a rule within the company where if one of your employees wants to go and work on a social cause for two months, he will be paid the full salary of Patagonia with a paid leave, essentially. And if if so, it happens that he would be arrested for civil disobedience while trying to save the planet. Let's say protesting the the rainforest destruction, and he would be he would be essentially in jail. Then Patagonia will post bail and cover his legal expenses. So how how come some companies live like that and actually live through those values and make sure that they actually develop a better world for everyone. And then some companies that have far more resources squeeze every penny and make sure that uh, their supply chain is only motivated by the profits and, uh, and cutting the expenses. So that book was so inspiring for me. And I think that every person who works in business should read it and follow at least some steps that the founder of Patagonia provides because really that's that's the way we build a better world by by doing things the right way
2: in in a way I think this is the most challenging question uh, during today's episode <laughs> because there is so much content produced that great content that is about uh, sustainability that even you know the experts working in the field are cannot um, uh, Keep updated, like with with the with the speed and the content that is uh, that is being produced. But I think uh, if I would need to make one one recommendation for uh, the listeners of uh, Sustainability Explored, um, that would be a, a cradle to cradle book, uh, which could be probably considered a a circularity Bible, which was written by. McDonald and Brownhart uh, actually quite quite some time ago but uh, I keep on getting back to this book from time to time and uh, it really makes you think about uh design and how we create um products in a totally different perspective meaning that uh, every resource is cannot be seen as a waste as it can be reused and uh, it has so much uh, optimism in in the book, which I think is very much needed in in today's um, sustainability discord uh, discourse. And I think uh, we should try to abandon that uh, sense of guilt and negativity and desperation when it comes to sustainability, and uh, remind ourselves that uh, throughout the history, we already seen that. People have such huge capacity to innovate and collaborate. So we just need to you know, unlock that capacity and, and remind ourselves that um, uh, we, we can do this even in the big time of uh, unpredictable situation. So Cradle to Cradle is a really great uh, book for those who are interested in design products and uh, who overall want to get a bit of an optimistic approach how we can uh, go through these um, uncertain uncertain times that we face today
0: those examples are brilliant i must say because uh, i'm the one who actually also read those books uh, at the very beginning of my uh, my own sustainability journey and i confirm that uh, these are the top uh, books on the list of anyone who wants to understand sustainability or start a career in sustainability or just just curious about it thank you very much roman and justina it was a great pleasure to uh, have this first episode of season nine with you
1: thank you so much Aya. it was a real pleasure and uh, please keep doing what you're doing because you are really making positive change so thank you for that
2: Thank you, Aya, for for having us. And I wish you a very uh, interesting season that is uh, awaiting for you and the listeners.
0: Thank you for staying with us and listening to this episode. Feel free to share it with your friends, family, work colleagues or neighbors. If you are thinking about getting involved in the hackathon or simply want to learn about Fashion for Change project, I invite you to check the official page and contact Roman and Justina simply by writing them an email or via LinkedIn. All details are linked in the description. Concerned about the fashion industry? Then I would like to draw your attention to a couple of previous episodes from Season 2 of Sustainability Explored. Episode 21 – Sustainable Fashion – Where are we going? Interview with Claudia Fierakovsky. In this episode, everything about circular economy and fashion is discussed. And episode 22 is an interview with Tian Jianling, a co-founder of Post Carbon Lab, in which she explained their innovative approach to textile that contain algae. Subscribe to Sustainability Explored podcast, support it by rating and leaving a comment on the platform you like. This helps other listeners discover the podcast and accompany them in the journey of sustainability as it once did for me. We really, really appreciate your feedback and suggestions too, as it helps us make it better and keep it interesting for you. Feel free to contact us through social media or by writing an email. Thank you, dear listeners, once again. Take care and stay sustainable.